everyone, and welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. You don't have to have a reason to believe what you believe when it comes to the paranormal or anything, really. And on the other hand, you can go your whole life being a skeptic, simply because the contrary seems too unreal to you. But I will say, when a complete skeptic becomes a believer, that's something that the skeptical optimist in me always finds interesting. Seeing something that changes your entire perspective, just accidentally experiencing something that makes you question everything. Whether it's ghosts, people, or the totally and completely unknown, we don't always choose our experiences. All we can do is share them. So, let's get started, shall we? Things haven't been going well for me these last couple of years. And I've had to move back into my mom's house for the first time in 15-ish years to try to get back up on my feet. I'm really grateful for the space and I'm trying to stay positive. But I really wish it didn't come to this. I have bad memories here. and I dread any prolonged time I have to spend here. Especially when it comes to sleeping. Sorry if I go on some tangents... I'm just kind of describing some of the normal reasons this place probably creeps me out so much before I get into the actual creepy thing. Just after high school, I had a traumatic work injury, near death fall. I moved back in just for a couple of months while I couldn't work. I had to drop out of college, get out of a lease, about three months before I could walk again, and six before I could use my left hand and forearm again. In those couple of months, I had really vivid, horrifying dreams, probably exacerbated by all of the pain relievers I was being prescribed while recovering. So bad dreams. Lots of them. Sometimes falling out of bed, waking myself or others up while yelling in my sleep. Waking up drenched in sweat with my heart racing. I'd have dreams within dreams, all usually taking place in the room I was sleeping in, So when I did actually wake up, I couldn't even be sure of it. Also, I was having sleep paralysis, usually when I dozed off. If you haven't had sleep paralysis, it usually feels like your eyes are open, like after a dreamless sleep or coming out of a dream, and then you notice you can't move your body, and then you start panicking because you can't control your breath, and it's so slow and faint that you feel like you're suffocating. If I was coming out of a dream when this happened, I'd see specific parts of the usually horrifying dream mixed in with the real world, all while not being able to move or breathe or call for help. After a couple of months, things got really tense. I moved out for the next half of my life, dreaded any time I needed to look after the place overnight. It's about 2.30 a.m. now, and it's just me and this creepy house. When we moved in, I was eight years old. I shared a room with my little sister, 
next to the water heater and breaker box under the stairs. In that room's closet, there was a small access door into a portion of the wall opposite the utilities. I've done some home contract work and handyman stuff over the years. I don't really know why a section of that basement wall had a crawl space in it, maybe a foot and a half wide, and wider than any other wall in the house. I used to squirrel toys away in it until some of those toys went missing. Anyways, that room creeped me out as a child, and I ended up sleeping on a couch in a different room until enough relatives had moved out or passed on that I could have my own room, which was by the time I was in high school. Cut to a couple of years ago. I was doing some repair work for my folks over here, replacing and installing a shower vent through their roof, and I needed to kill the power to the utilities through that room. It's now used for storage. While I was in there, I remembered that little door to the wall crawl space and figured I'd take a look at it and see what the reason for it was. When I swung the closet door open, I was shocked to find that there was no access door or panel into the wall. It was just drywall, no access. I asked my dad if he took the door out or drywalled over it. He didn't remember there ever being one. I chalked this up to, like, false memories from my childhood, even told a few close friends about how weird it was that I was so sure there used to be a door there, because I was so sure I'd lost things in it, and I'd gotten creeped out enough to spend years not sleeping in that room. Cut to a few days ago. I've almost finished moving in. I'm putting salt in the water softener. The closet door is open, and as I'm leaving the room, I can see hinges running up the wall on the inside of the closet. So I open the closet some more and can see the door is there, just like I remembered. Impossible. It simply wasn't there a couple of years ago, and I confirmed it with people then. The hanger shelves in the closet are blocking the top of it, and there's a bunch of crap on the floor, so I'll need to move that in order to actually open the thing. Weirder, on the door of the closet is an old poster growth chart my mom used for me when I was little. I recognized it immediately, but I haven't seen or thought about it since I was really little. I don't remember it ever being hung on that door or even in that room. You wouldn't be able to check a kid's height from stuffed inside a closet and behind a hanger bar. Cut to now. I saw the light on in that room, even though I was the last one in. Both doors of the closet are closed now, again, even though I left them open. And no one's been here. No one's here. I feel like I'm going crazy. After work tomorrow, I'll empty that closet out and take pictures of the access door inside the wall and post it in a reply. Sweet dreams. Both my mom and dad have told me this story, and I believe it because this is the only thing they both agree on. They divorced in 1988, and I first heard this story many years later. Back in the mid-70s, they got married and moved to Tennessee 
from Ohio. One New Year's Eve, they stayed with some friends. My mom says she doesn't even think they were drinking or smoking weed, which I find hard to believe considering I know how they were back then. But if she says they weren't, they probably weren't. Both of them were laying on the floor watching TV while their friends sat on the couch. Their young daughter was in bed sleeping. My mom heard shuffling and looked over from the TV to the doorway to the hall. She saw a short female making her way toward the bathroom. She was wearing a long, old-fashioned nightgown and sleeping cap. My mom asked the friends where they got their daughter that nightgown and cap and said they were cute. They said their daughter didn't have a nightgown or cap, that she just had pajamas. Mom looked at Dad and asked if he'd seen that, and he said he had. They checked the bathroom and nobody was in it. There was nowhere else for anyone to go. They checked the bedroom and the daughter was in bed sleeping in her pajamas. The house sat down below the road, which curved right as it got to the house and ran along in front of it. The friends told my parents that one night, somebody drove straight off the road and crashed through the roof into the living room, landing on the old lady that lived there and killing her. It was her that they saw. I'm a hunter, and I like to hunt wild boar specifically. Though I've been deer hunting and have been known to get a turkey for Thanksgiving, I mostly hunt boar. For those of you that don't know, boar are a big problem in the United States. A sow can have two litters a year, and it's not uncommon for a litter to consist of ten or more pigs. Given that pigs eat anything and everything, it's not hard to see why the Department of Fish and Wildlife makes it legal to hunt them with almost no restrictions. In my state, it's illegal to hunt most large mammals with night or thermal vision scopes, with the exception of boar and coyote. I'd been saving for a year, mostly fun money. It's hard to explain to your wife that a scope that costs literally twice as much as the rifle I was mounting it on was worth it. But I did it. I took it to a range and sighted it in. There was an area that was peppered with boar activity that I knew would be perfect for a night hunt. It was easily accessible with my truck to find spots that I could set up that overlooked a large, easy-to-navigate clearing. The night started uneventful, mostly me tinkering with my new toy, cycling through settings. I was a little impatient. I spotted multiple deer, but they were out of season, and like I mentioned earlier... My current setup wasn't legal for deer. I moved to another spot I'd seen days earlier that probably wasn't much better than my first, but it gave me something to do and a new angle to look around with my new scope. After an hour or so of glassing the area, it dawned on me. This spot doesn't have much animal activity at all. No rabbit or owls. The deer that I'd seen were hundreds of yards from where I was. Why was this pocket of land so dead at night, but lively in the day? I'd set up around 10 p.m., and it was about 2 a.m. when I started to think about packing up. Maybe setting up a target before I left and taking some practice shots 
I heard a crunch come from the direction I came from before. I panned my scope over and saw the silhouette of a small bear pushing through the bushes. It's important to note that my scope isn't exactly night vision. It's a thermal scope, kind of like black and white version of what you see in the Predator movies. I adjusted my range and zoomed in a little. I remember jolting a little when I saw that it wasn't really a bear. It was a man. Because he was so low and hunched over, I thought I was looking at a young bear. Was that a game warden? It couldn't be. I would have seen the headlights coming up the road from where I was perched. And where could he have walked from? I was 30 miles away from anything on public lands. I was about to call out when I adjusted my sights and noticed he was naked. No shoes, pants, or anything. I remember being disturbed by his movements, like a squirrel or something, twitchy and grabbing at the foliage, sniffing around and palming the tree. Was that my tree? The one that I'd been leaning against earlier? The thought terrified me. Could he smell me? Then he did something I still have nightmares about today. He squatted and placed his hands in the dirt between his feet and stared straight up like a dog mid-howl. And I heard it. A voice coming from that direction. A very compelling female voice. Help! I'm lost! There was a long pause, but neither of us moved a muscle. The center of my sights was trained at the dirt in front of his feet. I couldn't bring myself to aim directly at another person. It went against everything I'd been taught about firearms. Were they lost? Was this some guy that had gone crazy out here? Why was his voice so feminine? Help! Please! I can't walk! The voice called out. That's when I called bullshit. Not only could he walk, when I first saw him, he was traversing the land with ease for a naked person. So good I mistook him for a bear. That's a fucking trap. This guy's trying to lure me to him like a damsel in distress routine. Luckily, the lack of activity before had caused me to pack up most of my gear. I think I may have left behind a hat and a sitting pad, but I didn't give a shit in that moment. I took my eyes off of him for a moment to get my pack on. I buckled my chest strap and scrambled for my rifle. To my horror, he was in the same position, but his face was staring in my direction, and I swear, I saw a smile. The thermoscope has an effect that makes animals' eyes appear white. How the hell had he heard me get up and put my gear on? He must have been easily over 150 yards away. Goff! I screamed in that direction. He stood upright, and it hit me how tall and skinny he was. Easily six feet and very lean. He took a couple of long strides in my direction and I instinctively sent a round sailing above his head into the tree line. He was freaky as hell, but he hadn't threatened me. What would I tell the cops? I was unwilling and unready to shoot someone. He stopped dead in his tracks and hunched down on all fours. The next one will fuck you up. Go away. 
He stayed on all fours, and this time I had my sights trained on the center of him. His eyes were just above the grass, like a large cat or something. I was trying to stop my trembling and knew that my voice had cracked a little on that last warning. I was terrified. That standoff probably lasted a minute or two, maybe less, but it felt like forever. In an instant, he bolted left toward the tree line opposite the road. So much for not being able to walk. I could barely keep him in my scope. He was moving so fast. He disappeared into the brush, and I sent another bullet sailing high in his direction. I racked another round and tried to pocket that mag and swap it for a fresh one. But I dropped it, and I didn't bother looking for it. I wasn't far from my truck, and I wanted to get out of there. I could hear him in the distance, yelling in this weird sound that could have been a laugh or a cry. I scrambled up the trail and arrived at my truck, breathless. I tossed my gear into the cab, but kept the rifle in the passenger seat and sped off. For the longest time, I told that story from the perspective of having spotted some deranged crackhead living off the land, like some kind of caveman. I reported it to fish and game, but all they did was scold me for hunting at night alone. Never received an update. It wasn't until I told this story at a camping trip with my nephew, and he told me about wendigos, rakes, skinwalkers. My story scared the piss out of him because the spot we were camping was technically the same forest I had seen the bastard, just 50 miles east of it. He was so spooked, his mom, my cousin, had to take him home. She was really pissed. I've gone down the rabbit hole on these scary stories, I'm not saying what I saw definitely was a Wendigo or a skinwalker. I'm saying that if such a thing exists, I may have dodged quite the bullet that night. Or maybe it was just a tweaker, being Donnie Thornberry in the middle of the night. Either way, thought I'd share. This is by no means the only encounter or story I have, just probably the weirdest. No, it is the weirdest, I'd say, without a doubt. My home is next door to a friend's, whom I grew up with. His parents live across the road from him and kitty-corner to me. There's a field in between my friend's house and mine. I'm telling you all of this because location and home placement becomes relevant soon. So my neighbor's oldest daughter started messing with a Ouija board. I don't know if that's what started all of this, as we'd had incidents in the past, but all of this, this particular phenomenon that I'm talking about here, happened after. I tried to tell her that she didn't need to mess with it, that she didn't understand the extent of the things she was attempting to contact. She's about 14 and didn't listen. I know people play with them often, but I personally believe that they can let things in that you don't want. Anyway, a few weeks after this, my neighbor's stepson saw a light shining in his bedroom window. He went outside to investigate and found nothing. The light began to make an appearance in all three of the houses I mentioned. My neighbors, his parents across the road, 
and mine. I'm grown, but I live with my mother because of a seizure disorder that I have, and I can't control it on my own. So my mom says one night, I see a light. She said it looked like a flashlight through her window, but shining on the ceiling. I went out to investigate, quite pissed off because I thought someone was messing with my mom. I couldn't find anyone, so I called the cops. The deputy shows up and takes me around with him investigating, then makes a very interesting point that there was dew on the grass, even though it was night and my footprints were the only ones visible. Interesting and strange, I thought. Well, my neighbor's mom starts seeing this light every night in her bedroom. She sleeps on one end of the house and her husband on the other because he has to get up very early for work. So every time she looks out the window, there is nothing to be seen. She also starts to see what looks similar to a laser pointer, doing the same shine through the window onto the ceiling thing. It apparently was not exactly like a laser pointer, but very similar. Now, here's where things start to get strange. My neighbor was in his garage and he saw the laser pointer thing on the wall of his garage. This was at night and he was out in his garage smoking a cigarette. He stepped outside and sees nothing. Walks back in his garage and it's back on his wall. Then he said it spread out, morphed into a weird, ancient-looking, religious image. Like something out of ancient Eastern religions. He said it was just like a Buddhist-type religious image. He didn't describe it really any better than that. So fast forward a few days. His mom had still been seeing this stuff, the lights, laser-like image, continually, every night. So... He asks me to sit with him in the shadows outside his house and watch his mom's house. Her bedroom is facing his yard. We sat out there for about an hour or so and were actively watching her house for anything whatsoever, lights, movement, etc. We see nothing, but she texts him, saying that the lights are shining in her window. We saw nothing at all. So we took off to her yard and walked behind her shed where the lawnmowers are to get a better look. And on the way to the shed, he spun around and he said, Man, do you smell that? I did. I smelled something burning, like burning leaves mixed with sulfur. We looked around the shed toward the main part of the yard and lawn. There's a streetlight at the house right next door to them, so we had a good view of her lawn from this angle and we saw that there was a haze or fog in her yard only. We thought that maybe someone had been burning something, but also thought it was strange that it was only in her yard. We spoke about this for literally ten seconds behind this shed, and he said, Hey, the smell is gone. I realized that he was right, and we looked around the corner of the shed, and the fog was completely gone. This would not happen in... 10 seconds. Well, about a week later, his mom is getting fed up with the nightly light show. Instead of looking out her bedroom window as usual and finding nothing, she starts looking out the other windows. My house is kitty corner across the road from theirs, 
So when she gets to her living room, she looks over at my house and notices that there's fog behind my house. There are woods like 30 feet or so behind my house. She said it was in the woods and extended just into my yard. She said that it was dimly backlit as well. Not brightly, but noticeably. Okay, so here's where things get weirder. She says that at this point, four or five strange translucent figures come out of the fog into my yard, right outside my bedroom, by the way. And they went into the field between mine and my neighbor's house. She said that they were human-shaped, roughly, but very strange-looking. She didn't go into very much detail about their features because she couldn't see the features very well from where she was. She said they looked somewhat like a hologram, but not exactly. I'm not sure what she means by that. She just couldn't fully describe their appearance. She said they came from the fog haze and into the field, and that they glided over the ground without taking steps. She also said that they kept getting in a group and bending over, squatting down, kneeling to the ground and doing something. She didn't have a clue what they were doing, but it made her think of a digging motion. So they glided across the field, across the road, through her yard, and past her house, toward the barn in her woods. She said that when she saw them pass by her house, the lights appeared on her ceiling, in her room. She said that they made this strange journey back and forth a total of five times that night, all one after the other. This was a big deal in my little neighborhood for weeks, and then all the activity just stopped. That's basically it, and I just don't know what to make of it all. So, my current job. Y'all, I'm not entirely sure about this place. It's a hotel that's only like three years old. Nothing was really here before that. Though, I don't know the history of the area. When I first started here, I heard one of the guests apparently killed themselves in their room. But, I've never confirmed it. And really, so far, nothing crazy has happened to make me question it, but... The other night, I was making my rounds, emptying the full public trash cans. I went up the elevator to check on the cans just outside of them, and after checking one, I went back on the elevator and waited for the door to close. The door started to close, then immediately opened back up. Nobody was outside of it pressing any buttons, and nothing inside was blocking the door. Could be a mechanical glitch so I passed it off. I did get a chill when it happened, as if there were a ghost there, which I do get when there's a ghost around, but it could have just been me freaking myself out. Those chills are very similar. But then tonight, I was in the break room bathroom. I use it frequently. While in there, I've heard the people above me in their room moving around, the people in their room on the other side of the wall moving around, and people in the public bathroom on the other side of the wall, flushing the toilet or slamming the toilet lid. 
My wife is the only other person working with me on third shift, and employees are the only ones who can access the break room through the laundry room door, which is keycard activated. I've even heard her come into the area before looking for clean towels for guests. From the bathroom, I can hear the laundry room door shut as it slams loudly. Tonight, while in the bathroom, I distinctly heard someone walking on the laundry break room floor and heard little things making noise like something being moved and tapping a table or a wall. I know those sounds well, and I'm 100% sure the noises were coming from the laundry or break room. I figured it was my wife looking for towels or something for guests again, except I never heard the door slam shut. I just figured she propped it open or held it until it shut quietly. When I left the room, I saw her at the front desk and asked if she'd been in that room. She said she hadn't been in there at all tonight. What's even stranger is someone spilled something sticky on the floor and didn't clean it up, so walking through there made my shoes sound sticky all over. But the footsteps I heard didn't stick to the floor. By the way... I did just finish mopping that area so that the floors aren't sticky anymore. Unlike those that I work with, I actually do my job. My friend lived in a super rural, small country town, and I'd come to spend the summer with her at her grandparents' house. We were both 13 at the time, and thought it would be a good idea to sneak out, walk around the town, maybe stop by the park. As we were walking down this one road, about 30 minutes after we left the house, we noticed somebody following us, wearing all black with a hoodie. We believed the man was following us because of multiple factors. One, it was 3 a.m. and he was the only other person we saw out in the area. It's super rare to see someone else that late, in a small town. Two, he was wearing full black, joggers and a hoodie with his hood up. It was pretty warm out, being that it was summer, so it just seemed odd. And three, every time we would stop and look back at him, he would act like he was looking for something. But when we would start walking again, he would do the same. It just seemed suspicious, so we both got pretty creeped out and quickly rounded a corner before hiding in the dark of some bushes. After the guy passed us, we waited about another 30 minutes. Then we decided we should probably head back to her house, so we ran there. Once we got back inside, we couldn't really go to sleep, so we did an all-nighter. The next morning, we saw on the news that a woman was stabbed, assaulted, and killed on the exact road we'd been on that night and we couldn't help but wonder if the attacker was the man who had been following us we didn't tell the police because we were scared we also didn't have much info to give them other than the fact that it was a male and he was wearing all black we didn't think we'd be any help if I was an adult at the time I for sure would have reported something but I was a child safe to say we didn't sneak out again after that.
As some of you may know, I've had a previous experience at 1315 Wood Avenue. It's an ongoing, twice-a-night patrol check for my security company. The first check, just before midnight, 10-14-20. While finishing a zone check in the old North End neighborhoods, my dispatcher comes over. 262, stand by for service call. Rolling my eyes, I copied the traffic, but continued to 1315 Wood Avenue. Upon rolling up, a man in his 50s in a robe and pajamas ran up to the car with a cell phone in hand. Thank you, he just arrived, said the man. I looked at him with a little confusion. I text my dispatcher while the man began explaining the reason for his call. As the dispatcher confirmed that the next-door homeowner had called about suspicious activity and a noise complaint, the neighbor stated, I know the home's empty at the moment, but I've been hearing odd noises for the last hour. When I looked outside, I saw someone moving around out of the light. Then a minute later, I hear a bang. I pulled out my light and I asked if he saw any defining features, to which he shook his head no. All right, sir, well, I'll take a look and see if I can find anyone. Go ahead and head back inside your house, I said while shining my flashlight on the porch. As normal, the front of the house had construction materials near the entryways, and the lawn gnome being cleaned and restored. So I went around the back gate, which is a requirement of the home check anyways. Once in the back, I noticed that it was somehow darker than the last time when I was on patrol a few weeks back, which was unnerving as most of the trees had dumped all the leaves so lights from the neighbor's backyards should have lit it up. I checked the rear doors to make sure the padlocks were still in place. As normal, the home was boarded up tightly, with no opening it without a key. So I checked the carriage house. Since the last time I was on this patrol route, a door with a padlock was placed at the threshold to the stairs going to the second floor of the carriage house, and a warning written in marker saying, Trespassers will be charged. I double-checked the first floor before exiting, while informing my dispatcher that no one appeared to be on the property. I took some photos. Before looking at them, I heard footsteps on the catwalk at the top of the fire stairs on the main house. I looked over to see an inky black figure with no visible features. I hopped over the gate at the base of the stairs and feverishly climbed up, disregarding the warning sign at the base. When at the top... I pulled my light again and released the hood of my holster, but no person. I walked to the far end, carefully watching my step as the metal catwalk swayed with every movement. But like the ground-level doors, the doors and windows up there were locked. I came down and lit a cigarette and began writing a report for the service call. After finishing the report and still having a few drags left on my smoke, I finally looked at my pictures on the bottom floor window of the carriage house, I saw a face. In fact, it was the same discolored, distorted face I saw the last time I was on this patrol that briefly peered out at me from the upper floor of the main house. Excited but a little bit freaked out, I went back to the front where I snapped another photo. In reality, I wish I'd recorded a video. In the photo of the front, I saw a moving shadow at the window 
the window I had seen the face in last time. The figure waved in and out like it was cast from a silhouette of a person being illuminated by a candle. But as quickly as I saw it, it faded. Pleased, I returned to my cruiser and cleared the property. The second check, 2.11 a.m., 10.15.20. After conducting normal checks, I took a little extra time on the property. I started using a ghost hunting app to see if I could receive a spirit voice. But before pushing start, I didn't think of the fact that my phone's audio is connected through my radio's earwig. The crackling was ear-piercingly loud. I started with the question, are there spirits here? And I received the answer I wanted. Yes. Followed by questions that were answered like, is James Burns speaking to me? Yes. And do you walk these grounds? I finally asked my final question of the night. James Ferguson Burns, can I see you? Within a few seconds, it responded. See the picture. See the picture. I have no doubt anymore that the first owner of this home still inhabits this property. Now that he's identified himself, I will greet him whenever I arrive and bid him farewell before leaving. Well, friends, that may be all the stories we have for tonight, but Halloween night, double the spooky. That's a fact, because The Darkest Hour will feature Mr. Revenant as a guest narrator for our Halloween special, and you'll hear my voice, along with the voice of other amazing narrators, on Mr. Revenant's Halloween special. Both on Halloween, both premieres at different times of the day, So hopefully, I'll virtually see you at both. Remember, if you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, please be sure to hit that subscribe button, tap the notification bell, and tell all your friends. You can check out our subreddit and follow The Darkest Hour on Instagram at thedarkesthourYT. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, Amanda darkesthour at gmail.com. Happy almost Halloween. Stay spooky. <laughs>